You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 124. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures mate for life. But isn't that, like, cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast, dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. So Cassie, I know you got poked here recently. Yep. Not the good poke. Not that kind of poke. I mean, I have gotten that kind of poked in the last little while. Boom. Boom. Um, But no, uh, we went and and did the whole vaccine thing. We did the whole going out and, and, and fighting the COVIDs. Yeah, one of the things that's so funny, you know, we're up here in Maryland, and, you know, Maryland, pretty liberal place, you know, like you expect them to be pretty on it in regards to the vaccine. And yet, you know, we have clients all over the country and people we're talking to and they're like, yeah, we're, we have we have a couple few really awesome clients in Texas. They're all like, yeah, it's all rolled out here. We're like, we're really? We're still in like phase two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now now it's starting to get rolled out and we were able to get our first uh, shot. And we're team Moderna, right? Well, House well Moderna. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, purely from that's what's available. Yeah. Yep. You were scheduled for the J&J, and then they yanked it off the shelves like two days before. Yes. Uh, literally, two days before. Because of your migraines. So. Yeah. Um, because of my migraines, uh, that was uh, the option. But here's the good news. You got poked, mm-hmm. which is going to allow you to then poke other people. Yes, who have been poked. Poked others that have been poked. Repeatedly, at least twice. For the most part. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Unless it was. Hey, seriously, though, you have to be happy. Look, I'm going to be happy to be able to get my switchy side out. The people who've been listening to this podcast, I'm sure know that by now. Yeah, I'm sure they're like, wow, that poor man. Because you're always like. That's how I feel. (laughs) So I know, Cassie, like you also, though, have been kind of woman deprived. And I know our listeners are going, but hey, what do you mean? Don't you two live with a woman? And clearly you have not listened to our podcast enough. That's the difficulties of being with somebody who is uh, got a much lower sex drive than I do. Right? Asexual spectrum. Yeah. Asexual towards the asexual side of the spectrum. Yes. Yes. And that makes it very challenging because, like, my amount of nookie during COVID has been pretty well. My amount of nookie with a vagina haver has been. Wow. Has it been anything? Once. Once since lockdown. Once. Yep. One time. I'm patting your head. I know you are. You're petting me. You're making me sad. So anyway, yes, that that has been kind of sad. Um, But also, you know, just to be like uh, completely honest, right? Like just being able to have... Mm 
connections and play with others. And I mean, I love co-topping with you. We just had a conversation about Connection that. Play, escape rooms, rock climbing. Yeah. So just being able to like Friends. embrace <laughs> those connections and be able to be around others. Um, and I mean, when you're a polyamorous person, right? Like the reason why we're polyamorous is because we thrive having multiple relationships and multiple interactions with people. And COVID kind of was like, guess what? Lots of Zoom meetings. So I'm looking forward to being able to connect with not just like my sexual partners, but like my connected partners, the people that I've, I connect with, with hobbies and interests and things like that. Um, that is one of the reasons why I was incredibly motivated to actually get vaccinated was so we, because of that. Yeah. So we opened throughout what round one, we took a bit of a family road trip for that. Mm-hmm. And then like two days later, well, a week later, week and a half later, it was across the street. So you win some, you lose some, but Hey, who cares? Got it in and looking forward to that. And speaking of looking forward, well, speaking of polyamory, really, right. As a polyamorous person, as he said, we had just wanted to come on here and just chat about some reasons. Polyamory is awesome. Yeah, why it's beautiful, why it's fantastic. And, um, you know, folks talk a lot about like the challenges and difficulties and things like that. But underneath all of those things, polyamory really can be this wonderful, amazing thing. So we wanted to highlight some of those things. So I think we're going to dive into your top five reasons that polyamory is beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Hey, everyone. We're going to have a little fun chat this evening. So we're going to talk about the five reasons polyamory is beautiful because, you know, we often have folks who say, you know, like, what's so great about it for you, right? Like, and it's going to be a little different for everybody, but we're going to go into some of the reasons why we think it's beautiful and it's amazing and can be absolutely a beautiful thing. So I'm curious as we're getting into this, y'all know, I always like to ask questions on these things. Right? I just said y'all. Can you tell I was just talking to people in the South a few minutes ago? (laughs) I'm curious, what is it for you that you find most beautiful about non-monogamy, polyamory, wherever you fall on that spectrum? But go ahead, Cassie. Lead the way. This is your show. So, well, thank you. So, it's a Cassie show. <laughs> so before we dive in, I just want to say, you know, the thing is, is that we're going to talk about these five reasons, but I want you to really think about your reasons, right? I want you to figure out why it's special for you as Josh. And we're going to get into why you shouldn't expect anything less than having those beautiful, thriving, amazing relationships as well. So I'm going to start with the first one and we're actually going to share some like personal stories and stuff like that too. So my number one, which is actually like, I'm going to go five, four, three, two, one, because I like starting at like, you know. So it's like one of those things where like the yeah. last thing that you see like, is the biggest reason yeah. and you're going to work up to it. Yeah. Okay. Like awesome. Um, so first off, polyamory can make your relationships uh, a place where you can be introspective, right? Where you can really take a look at yourself as a partner, right? Because when we're with the same person for years and years and years, we have a, a really awesome thing that happens, which is we grow around that person 
but we really don't have to look at ourselves too often and like see, you know, who we are as people, right? We kind of end up losing that. But when we have more partners, we get to kind of check ourselves. Like maybe it isn't our partner that's the problem, right? Like maybe all these years I've been like, it's been my partner who has done this thing um, and that's the problem. And then you're like, whoa, wait a second. I have another partner and another partner and I'm still having that same problem. Maybe it's me who shouldn't be leaving my spoons of peanut butter around. Um, yeah, Cassie. <laughs> right? So it gives you that opportunity to really like look at yourself as a, a human and a person and a partner. Anything you want to add to that? I was seeing, I was reading this uh, study recently about how, you know, one thing that we as coaches don't actually talk about as much, but we have kind of operating in the backgrounds of our minds is human needs, right? And there's different models of human needs, like depending on where you fall, right? And we all have, like, we all need all the things. We all have different places that we kind of land and how much we need of different things, right? And so the model that we go by when we're operating with people and we're coaching is, you know, we all have needs for security, but also novelty, right? For connection, but also significance. And then for contribution and growth. And, you know, I was reading a study recently that kind of referenced the fact that non-monogamous people tend to have a higher kind of metric for wanting and needing growth than the average population, right? And this isn't like a, like, polyamorous people are better. Like, don't you go out there and start doing that for the love of God. Nobody likes those don't people. Be one of those Nobody people. likes those people. Don't be one of them. Right? But I thought it was really curious, right? And I think that plays kind of into this introspection thing that you're talking about. Yeah. It gives us the opportunity to kind of grow ourselves a little bit. Give us, give us a little bit more of a stretch, right? Because, and as I said, it is a really awesome thing when we have one partner, right? That we get to get comfortable, right? We get to get cozy in how we behave. We get to get cozy in the things that we do. But when we're dating or we have other people in our lives, we have to kind of check those things. So do you have a, a, a personal thing that you'd like to share or you'd like me to go? Says the woman who put this together and has a story is putting <laughs> me on the spot. I'm not Why don't you start? Why don't you start? Why don't you start? I'm, I'm screwing with you, but why don't you start? So I love Josh very much, right? And... Sounds like um, a humble place to start. <laughs> no. I'm not really actually going to pick on you. Cassie, like, here's a place Josh needed to grow. No, no, no. Actually, um, it's actually about myself and the opportunity that I got to grow with a partner. So I've been with Josh for years and years, and we kind of have our thing, right? Like, we, we do our, like, power exchange stuff and our sexy stuff. And I had a partner um, you, you're probably, it's gonna, it's gonna ring right in the, in the past who, you know, and one of the things in our relationships is like, I cook all the time. Right. And I'm the person who does a lot of the cooking and stuff like that. And we just have like certain roles and certain things that we do. Right. And then I had this partner who really liked to cook. Okay. And that sounds great, but she didn't cook healthy. Ah, and I'm okay. a super, I was super, like, that super, doesn't narrow super, it down. Okay. Super, yeah. super healthy cooker person, right? And like I'm over at her house and I'm watching her put together a meatloaf that's full of cheese and like butter. five sticks of butter. 
five freaking sticks of butter and like a pound of ground turkey. No, it wasn't ground. Oh yeah, it was. It was, because I wouldn't eat beef. But she was originally going to do it in beef, but five sticks of butter, right? It was delicious. And so that's where I'm going with this. So the thing with this is, right, like if I, if it was just me and Josh, right, my meatloaf does not have five sticks of butter in it. And my meatloaf is still good, isn't it? Yes. That's the right answer. But, right, like I had to take a moment and step back and say, you know, like, let me try this. And I got to try something. But along the way, I actually did get to learn some of the seasonings and things like that that she used. And it took me being with someone who liked to eat a little unhealthy, because if I was with Josh, we always eat super healthy, right? To find some foods and things that I actually do like. And that got me to grow a little bit. It got me to grow a little bit in finding new things. And I got to accept that like my way isn't always the right way. Don't take that too far, okay? But you know, my she way- She said it, it's recorded. <laughs> All right. But I got to learn that like my way of cooking is not always the best way. Cause I gotta say, even with the five sticks of butter, that meatloaf was damn good. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to do like so much a story because I don't have anything that's like clicking, clicking top of my head and I didn't write this. So yeah. I, I haven't had a chance to think about it up until now, but I will say this. I think that like when we're in relationships, right? Like all of us, when we're in longer term relationships, we grow around our partners that we're with for a long time. And, and, you know, we can definitely kind of wind up. I think a lot of times, like if we have one partner with for a long time, we don't have a lot of outside input, you know, we can all, we can kind of wind up in like this group think, Right. Um, and, and, you know, it's always definitely nice to have some things thrown in to kind of shake it up outside the box. That's what I'll say. I'll leave it there. And the thing is, is like, we can become an echo chamber of our own relationship, right? Like if we've been together for a long time, our views are probably very similar. We probably have a lot of the same interests, a lot of the same things, right? And we don't get challenged, by our partner as much as maybe someone different, right? So with that, let's move on to number two. What do you think? Let's do it. All right, so number two, you really do have a village. Like it really is kind of a beautiful thing when you can have a network of partners and metamors. Polycule? Yeah. Polycule, yeah, network, whatever you wanna call it. Yeah, and like the thing is is that, you know, with, with this, really great thing, right? Like we get to have people that we get to lean on in hard times and not even necessarily just our partners, but our partners, partners and their partners, right? Like we get to have this beautiful network. And when I say it takes a village, it's not just about raising children, right? It's about, you know, what happens if I get sick, right? Josh has other people that he can rely on, whether it's his partners or my partners, right? It's about, you know, when I ha- want to celebrate, I have a bunch of people behind me, right, to see my wins, to see, you know, the awesome things that happen. And when, like, I'm down or when something's really hard, I also have that group of people, even if they're not my partners, but my metamors and their partners, you know, like, like there is this network that gets to be this really awesome thing for support. Yeah, you know, well, speaking of it, it, takes it takes a village i think that's a great place to have this discussion like first off i've said before i i don't know how people parent with less than three we've got a a, a, a just getting on towards a year and learning to walk i don't have anybody parents with less than three 
Three adults per one child. Per one child. Good Lord. I mean, we got two children, but we got one young one. But the other thing is, you know, just, just talking about this, right? Really easy, obvious example of like beautiful support is when the little lion was born, right? It was, you know, having... And, you know, you know, partners, friends, used to be partners, kind of currently, but whatever, you know, things get blurry. But regardless, like lots of Playtime. our people, <laughs> lots of our people, slash friends, slash people, slash close people, right? Whatever. Like they're at the hospital, like bringing Starbucks, uh, you know, like your bestie who came down and handled stupid people, bringing like food after, like like best friend with benefits came down and you know brought starbucks and play partners slash friends fixed my rocker chair from when my my son my son was born who is now almost an adult the rocker got to be fixed because we found in our network i should say we it was a surprise for me but like in our network our friends who are our play partners, romantic partners, et cetera, et cetera, work together to find a way to have that, that was happen. a group effort. It was. It was amazing. And chicken parmesan and food. And yeah, like, listen, like it is, I don't know how far we need to go into it. Like, because obviously though, like the truth of the matter is, you know, one of the things that we're kind of, a lot of us are kind of sorely lacking in the world these days is community. And that when we have kind of a more expanded network of friends, partners, lovers, some combinations of all of those at different times that it doesn't make sense to define, which I think is kind of where a lot of our relationships fall, right? Like you have that community and that support and that support is really a beautiful thing. And three adults raising a kid I am not complaining about. (laughs) There's also that. Okay, next. All right, and I know, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I think this one is like a one that you like to talk about a lot. Yeah, I can jump in. All right, I'll, I I was like I I'm I didn't even write that much on this one. One, one thing that I saw, and somebody may recognize this quote. I don't know. It's something that I saw years and years ago. Maybe it's the ethical slut. I honestly don't remember, and I'm only thinking that because of the timing when I read that book. But there's this quote that I love. Right, that one of the beautiful things about polyamory is it allows to be the different parts of ourselves at the different points where our lives intersect. And that is absolutely true, right? You know, the thing is, one, one thing that we see people run into challenges with, let me take a step, let me, let me qualify this coming into it. One place that we see people run into challenges is when, you know, they're having struggles in their relationships, they're not getting their needs met, you know, they're not getting what they want. Um, you know, like, like they aren't really enjoying their current relationship, right? They have like deep unmet, deep unmet needs. They go to find that somewhere else. And obviously, typically, you know, when that is the motivation for doing non-monogamy, right? And that's the only motivation, stuff can tend to go really, really sideways. And you get the horror stories and X, Y, and Z, right? But for everybody, I think, who is non-monogamous, you know, a huge benefit of that is the truth of the matter is, like, nowhere, even in the monogamous world, right, is one partner everything to everyone. I mean, I don't think I would want to be in some ways, right? But no person is everything to everyone. No partner exactly meets us on all of our hobbies, all of our interests, all of our needs, hell, probably all of our sexual desires, right? Like, 
And it is a beautiful thing to be able to experience those different parts of yourself with different people. You know, I mean, just like a couple of easy examples for me that I can give, like both past and present, like our current relationship, like Cassie and I have a business together. Like that to me is an important like place that we intersect, right? Cassie and I definitely intersect on like the kink end, right? Like a man and I tend to intersect a lot more on like the family end and we intersect on climbing, which you also intersect on. But the point is we get to really explore these different pieces of ourselves. And in a lot of cases, pieces that if we were monogamous, we would not get to grow and to explore. A super easy example of this for me, I'm a switch, right? Like, And I'm bisexual. Right. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> so like, you know, I, like I'm, I'm, you know, Cassie does not switch. Anybody who's paid attention to us for any length of time realizes that, right? That's literally an entire side of myself. And this might make more sense to you if you're kinky, right? But that's literally an entire side of myself that I would not get to have and to be if I wasn't non-monogamous. So, okay, over to you. And you're a man, <laughs> right? Um, so mine's pretty simple. I'm bisexual. You're a man, <laughs> right? Anything else you want to say there? Variety is a spice of life. It gets back to those human needs. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't seen the study on this. And you know, I was really curious when I saw this study about growth. I was like, I really wonder where variety falls on that list. Because I guarantee you it's way up there in terms of where people, non-monogamous people fall in comparison to the average population. There's any like sociologists out here who want to do that study at some point and take that like human needs assessment of where non-monogamous people fall, consensually non-monogamous people fall past just growth. I would be super interested to kind of know where that lands. Okay. So, go ahead. All right. So. Um, reason number four, which I think is reason number two, two the I'll second biggest reason yeah. for Cassie. For me. For okay. Cassie. This one's really high on my end. You don't have to end a relationship because of society's ridiculous expectations. <sighs> like, how often do we see movies where, like, it's like, oh, this amazing guy over here and this wonderful guy over there, and both of them make this, this character super happy and thrilled, but that woman's got to take and, and make a decision, right? And, and I'm, I'm using a movie as, as, a, as, as a funny point. And half of all music ever made. Yeah, but it really is something that like is ingrained in that you know when we don't allow ourselves to be non-monogamous and we, we stay monogamous and we're like, we're gonna do this because we have to, we miss out on the opportunity to have relationships that otherwise don't have to end right? Like we get to have the choice of allowing relationships to grow the way that they authentically do, right? Like we're not shoved in this box of like, if I'm in love with you and I want to, you know, stay with you and I want to keep this relationship that we've had for years, I have to end a relationship or not pursue a relationship or not even get to see where something goes elsewhere. Do you want to add to that? 
Just a, a disclaimer that I'm not sure we made at the beginning, right? Which is, just to be clear, I, I was talking about those people that nobody likes who are like, polyamory's better, right? Like, j just to be clear, like, honestly, you know, monogamy works too, that's fantastic, right? You're here and you're on this, you're watching this, there's a good chance that's not true, right? And that's not where you fall. But look, just, just to be clear, like, we're talking about why polyamory is beautiful, right? Not why it's better. I did just want to specify that. It's not better, but it's better that non-monogamy and polyamory is an option. That is definitely true. It's not better to choose polyamory or to choose monogamy. What's better is being able to have that choice. And if you are that person who's in that song or in that uh, movie, right, and you're sitting there and you do have two wonderful people that you want to be with, you get to have that option. Way to bring that back around. Fist Boom. Point. All right. And what is your number one reason, Cassie? It can actually improve the relationships, not just your romantic ones, that you already have. Mm. Not because it's fixing a problem, right? Don't do that. Don't be one of those people who is like, we have a messed up relationship. Let's go fix it elsewhere. But because you get to be more of yourself. You get to explore who you really are, right? And that helps you be a better coworker, a better parent, a better lover, right? Because you really get to be you. And you get to explore what you really want to do. I've been talking lately a lot on, on a couple of these lives about this idea of how our lives change when our relationships are even just a little bit better. Right. And, and I think this, this is kind of wraps, wraps around to this, right? Because, you know, whether we're talking about the, you know, like there, there's a few ways to look at this, right? One could be just like the growth that you get. You know, we talked earlier about the growth and how that impacts your life. Right. Or we could be talking about, um, you know, being able to be all those pieces of yourselves, you know, maybe being able to be all the pieces of yourselves changes how you show up better. But, you know, really at the end of the day, when you're able to show up in life authentically and you're able to grow as a person and you're able to be happy and fulfilled in your relationships, you're able to get more of your needs met, right? And <clears throat> whether that's through making your relationships better or having other relationships where needs are being met that maybe aren't needs that you do intersect with your current partner on, or most preferably both, obviously, right? Because having more relationships and not making our relationships better is kind of a lose-lose. When we are thriving in our relationships, when they're calm, when they're safe, when they're happy, when we're getting our needs met, and it, to a huge extent, when we feel like we're showing up authentically and congruently in life as the person that we truly are, we show up everywhere in our lives better. We have more energy. We have more focus. We have more motivation. We have more just fire for life. I talking to somebody the other day talking about like what lights a fire, right? We have more fire for life and we have both more to give everybody else around us, right? And again, you know, depending on that growth factor, sometimes we have more 
skillful ways in which to give it. You know, we're, we've got, spoiler alert, an interview coming out tomorrow with one of our current clients. Keep an eye out for it. She's amazing. Um, but one of the things that she talks about, and you'll hear a lot of our clients talk about, is how improving her relationships, but also the skills that she's gained as far as communication, as far as how she's showing up, X, Y, and Z, how that's translated to her work and her parenting and her friendships and her other things in her life, right? So, yeah, like I think there's about a million reasons that having amazing polyamorous relationships can improve the relationships that you have and can improve, you know, by, by having better, happier, more fulfilling relationships by getting more of your needs at where your life improves along with it. So with that, those are our shares, right? And like you've summed that one up beautifully. No, you didn't give a share for that one. (laughs) Well, because the thing is, is that I don't have one share for that one. There is so many ways that my relationships have been bettered by having the partners in my life. Whether it is, you know, uh, we talked about, you know, having multiple parents, whether it is... Not making Josh watch horror movies. Not making watch <laughs> Josh watch horror movies. Or not being in a position where, like, I have to feel like I have to embrace going on morning runs with Josh, right? Like, he can find someone to do that. Never not for a happen. long time. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. 7 a.m. runs are never going to happen. But, like, you know, being able to... For me, like say yes and say no for things in my relationships because I'm taken care of and I feel good and congruent with myself because I have these other relationships and I have these things in my life has just made me all around feel like I have better relationships. So, So, you know, we talked about beautiful and I know we're going to talk about why you shouldn't settle for anything less than beautiful relationships and we were looking at the like lead up texas we're like could you misread it as like anything less than poly and we're like you could but then you didn't watch the video that's (laughs) that's the problem at that point so yeah there there's many reasons why right like and you probably have your own reasons right and you know it's going to be different for each and every one of you right maybe my my top one isn't your top one or whatever But regardless of the reasons, these relationships are wonderful. They can be wonderful. And the reason why you shouldn't settle is because having beautiful relationships are accessible to everyone. Let me tell you why you shouldn't settle. I'm going to get passionate about this for a second. You cool with me cutting in? Go ahead. All right. Here's the thing, right? And this is a solid truth of it. Heard us say it before, you can hear us say it again. Our relationships are the most important things in our lives. Whether you look at science, you look at your own life, right? There is one thing that is abundantly, abundantly clear. And that is that our happiness, our health, our fulfillment in life, how we look back on life when we're old, how we go through the day, how much energy we have, how much motivation we have, Everything, everything is touched by how good our relationships are. And so the reason you shouldn't settle for anything less than having beautiful relationships, it's, it's really simple. It's really simple. Because 
when you settle for less, when you're living at having a fraction of the relationships that you want, you're not only living at a fraction of the relationships that you want, but you're living at a fraction of the life that you could have and that you deserve and that your partners deserve. That's it. I go on about this for an hour, but there's no reason to. Like we all know this from looking at our own lives and looking at how we feel and how we show up and how we approach things and how happy and how fulfilled we are when our relationships are less than they could be and how they are when they're turned up to 11, right? When we're not making our relationships everything they could be, this gets back to this 10% better idea that I've been talking about, right? When our relationships aren't everything that they could be, when we settle for anything less than having thriving relationships or beautiful relationships or whatever that word is that resonates with you, we're living as a fraction of the person that we could be. And we deserve better and our partners deserve better and the world deserves better and our kids deserve better and everybody deserves better than us showing up as a fraction. That's why. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> so, yeah. And the thing is, is that, you know, with this, like, okay is not enough, right? We all get comfortable in okay. And we shouldn't want our lives when you're talking about, like, our relationships being the basis for, like, our lives being great. Our relationships in our lives shouldn't just be something that's okay. It really should be something that's beautiful, and amazing. And, and like I mentioned, this is something that everybody can have, right? Like this is not something that you can't achieve. And that doesn't mean you know how right now, like there's some folks who are struggling or maybe you're not at a place where you wanna be right now. Like maybe you're not at that place yet. And that's okay, you don't have to know the how and it doesn't mean it's gonna be super easy and you can just snap your fingers and have great, fantastic relationships. But it means that you can. And this is accessible to everybody and I wanna make sure that that's out there, right? Because so often people get in the spot where they feel like they've tried and they feel like they've tried and you know they get to a point of, I don't say thinking they don't deserve it. I think most people that I talk to really think they do deserve it. But of thinking that it's impossible. It's impossible because of something that's wrong with them, with their partner, with the relationship, with them being incompatible. When the truth is, they just haven't had what they've needed to move them into the right place, into that thriving relationship, into that beautiful relationship, into having all those wonderful things that we talked about earlier and whatever those wonderful things are for you, which may be different. So I want you to understand as we're talking about this, that this is accessible to everybody. It's accessible to everybody. It's accessible to you even if you're in a spot of feeling like you're hopeless, the relationship's hopeless, there's something wrong with you, wrong with your partner, wrong with the world, whatever. Having amazing relationships is not just something that we all deserve and that we shouldn't settle for anything less, but it's something that we all have access to as well. And that's super important to remember because too often we forget. And we think, this is a conversation I have a lot of times with people I'm talking to, right, who are feeling in this place. Like, do you really think that you're the absolute worst, most horrible, most messed up relationship that we've ever seen and helped? Probably not. And the answer when people stop and think about it is always no. But it takes asking that question a lot of times to make that click. So again, it's accessible to everybody, it's accessible to you. And don't ever get in a spot of feeling like, hey, like you don't deserve it. 
but more commonly, like it's impossible for you or there's something wrong with you or your partner, or your relationship, just because you haven't had the help to get there and, or you haven't made it there, whatever the case may be. Cool. Cool. So with that, man, I'm fired up tonight. Yeah. And see, like I, I wrote this and you're rolling. So with that, there is two things that I want you to do. Okay. If you're listening to this and, and you're like, that's me, right? Like I'm living in a fraction of what my life and my relationships could be. If that's, that's me and I'm not quite there yet. Or maybe like, I'm going to be honest. Some of you watching might be like, that is me. And it is bad. I'm a long way from there. (laughs) I'm a long way from there. None of those things are wrong. No matter where you're at on that board, whether you're over here, over here, I want you to do two things. The first is a big step. And this is a step that we talk to our clients about. Okay. Like the first thing that you need to do to change your relationship from where it is right now is to make the choice that you're not going to stay here anymore. And I don't mean just like, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to put up with my relationship. I mean like seriously getting indignant about this. Defiant commitment. That's a better word. (laughs) Defiant commitment to having a better relationship, a better life, to not staying and accepting anything less than you or your partners deserve and to living that amazing dream relationship that is accessible to you and to everyone if you are committed enough to take it. Yes. So that's the first thing is to really get into that place where you're like, no more, right? And I mean, I I really want you to make that choice. If you are not where you wanna be, make that choice. And the second one, is actually taking intelligent action, right? And the reason why I say this is because we can be as angry or as stubborn or as stuck, you know, in this like, I'm not gonna do this anymore, but we actually have to do something different, right? And that means radically different. It can't be the same things that you've done over and over again. It can't be, you know, if you're someone who posts in Facebook groups all the time and you're not getting anywhere, it can't be continuing to do that. It can't be continuing to just talk things out with your partner and not get anywhere. It means that you're not going to wait for things to keep getting bad, doing the same things over and over again. You're going to take intelligent action and do something new. Did you want to add on to that? No. I said my piece with a defined commitment. (laughs) Right? And so, you know, what that means is, you know, doing what you know you need to do. And maybe what that is, is seeking help. Maybe that is recognizing that, you know, the things that you've been doing haven't been working. You can't do this on your own and looking for the best help to do that. Because the fact of the matter is, is what, you know, and the reason why we come on and we talk to you about this is because we want you to have those beautiful relationships. That's what's important to us. So anything you want to add? Josh Josh was on a soapbox. He was. So with that, right? I'm calm now. (laughs) So with that, if you're in that place, right, I want you to take intelligent action and I'm going to offer you to hop on a call with us. You know, we do free breakthrough calls. It's what we do. We'll take a look at what's working, what's not working, and we'll come up with, you know, what the best path forward is, right? 
But that's what I want you to do. I want you to do something different. I want you to take action right now. I don't want you to spend another day sitting there in the same spot. I wrote something a little bit ago. You may have seen it. It has an adorable baby lifting weights. Um, and one of the things I was talking about is, you know, kind of the powerful decisions that we all run across in our lives and how we recognize which decisions, which of those few of the dozens and dozens and dozens of, now I kind of want to do a look it up. I'm Google. I'm sure there's, there's studies on how many decisions we make in a day, but which of those few of the huge number of decisions that we make are the powerful ones that really change our lives, right? Because we all have a few of those decisions. You can look back over like the last year and see, right? You know, there's, there's probably a handful of decisions out of the thousands and thousands, and I don't know because I haven't Googled the number of decisions we make in a day, decisions that you made in the last year that have really been huge pivotal moments for your life, right? And I, I, I kind of, in this, this post, again, look for the adorable baby lifting weights if you want to see more, right? Um, but I talk about how, you know, I have this theory that, and it's not, it's not like a, a, a perfect answer. You know, a lot of times we'll be like, this is the thing. Like, it's not like a perfect answer, but I have a theory that the way, one way that we can usually recognize those powerful decisions is that they're usually a little uncomfortable, right? Because there's this kind of coaching maxim that, you know, growth always lies outside of our comfort zone because, if it was comfortable, we would have already done it. When we're talking about huge growth, right? Like making big changes in relationships as an example or anything in life, right? Usually that decision that's going to lead us to that massive change is outside of our comfort zone, right? Because otherwise if we were going to make that massive change and it was comfortable, we would have already made those decisions. So I think that the gist that I'm making is, you know, like Cass said, this is accessible to everybody, right? That defined commitment, the choice, that's the most important piece. Like we do not work with anybody who does not have that I, all the time. Decline people who want to work with us and don't have that defined commitment because we know that's what it takes to change a relationship, right? But beyond that defined commitment, when Cassie's talking about taking intelligent action, I think where I'm going with this is when you see the action that you, you need to take and you know... It's the action that you need to take to get those relationships to where you want, right? To have those beautiful, thriving relationships that we were talking about. Like I said, whatever that looks like for you, and you run up against a place with that decision, it's a little scary and a little uncomfortable. Probably exactly when you need to do it. Because that big change is probably on the other side of that comfort zone. Big growth. And as we, I'll bring this full circle, as we discussed, non-monogamous people, we love growth. <laughs> so, anything else? No, that's it. So, grow yourself, grow your relationships. Go to atouchofflavor.com forward slash talk and book a call with us. Yeah, if that's what you want to do, if you're making that defiant commitment and you want to take that next step and you want some help doing it, like Cassie said, click the link. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask, or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1. No doubt. What did I just say?
No doubt. I did. And like spider webs is like upbeat and shit. You gotta go for like the sad one. Uh, I don't know what spider web is. This is the only internet song I know. Unlikely story.